We need to literally take those thoughts captive and not allow them to go from one point to the next and then eventually it's a downward spiral in our lives. Everything in life starts small. Nothing starts big. It always starts small. And it does this and it grows bigger and bigger. Even offense. And if we allow the thought processes, someone harms us, and we just allow this and we don't take it captive and under the obedience of Christ and say, what are you saying in this situation? What ends up happening? We build walls around our heart, around our soul, and eventually what happens is we are, end up down in the ditch in our lives and in our relationship with God. Number three, offenses are Satan's trap to cause us to stumble. It is one of the greatest traps that Satan places in a person's life. And he uses it all the time. I've seen many marriages fall apart because of it. I've seen many churches split up because of this. I've seen many business ventures go bust because of this very issue. Number th- uh, uh, Luke 7 verse 1 says, Then he said to the, to the disciples, It is impossible that no offenses should come. Jesus said offenses will come. Now the word offense is the word scandalon in the Greek. Now for those of you that don't know what that means is, who of you when you were young used to put a stone like this and little stick there and then put food and then when the birdies come they would bump the stick or you'd pull it and poop. You'd fall and you'd catch it. Who of you made traps like that when you... You know that? Some of you know that. Yeah? Scandalong is the stick that they would place there that would cause... Uh, cause the minute the, the animal went into the, this thing to stumble and it would fall on them. It would catch, ca- catch them. This is, the, the, this, uh, this is basically a, a, a trap that Satan puts out for you and I as his people. Who of you have fallen into the trap of Satan? Does God want us to fall into his trap? That little trap is there so that when we come into it, we stumble and fall. It's a snare. The other word is to stumble, causes us to stumble. When I do something you do not like, if you are... um, Weak in your relationship with God, it will cause you to stumble. You pick up a fence, and if you do not deal with this in the correct manner, eventually it just becomes bigger and bigger, and we will see what the result will be just now. <clears throat> like I said, nothing starts small. It always grows and grows. Point four, offenses are a major sign of the end times. For those of you that do not believe that, Jesus was asked by his disciples numerous times, what are some of the signs of the end of the age? Okay? This is one of them that he says, by the way. Did you know that? That you will see more and more people picking up a fence, and what's the result? They'll end up not even serving him. They'll actually end up not going to heaven. Would you read with me? And then, many will be offended. 
will be, and he's, please note this is Jesus speaking, and he's actually not speaking about the people out there, he's speaking about the people in the church. Okay? And then many will be offended, will betray one another, do you see this downward spiral, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will go, grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. We start then verse 10. He says there, and then many will be offended. That is a sign of the end of the age. This is one of the signs of the end of the age that you'll see more and more people becoming offended. With who? With each other and? With God, with the church. Who's seeing that? Hey? Do you see it? It is frightening. It is super frightening. Now, it actually, for those of you that are not aware of this, this, that many there, many will become offended, actually means the majority. In other words, at least 51%. Of who? The church. Will become offended. And what's the downward spiral of offense? You first get offended. Then, in, then here it says that you will then betray who? One another, your brothers. And after you've betrayed them, what you'll end up? Hating them. This is a sign of the end of the age. Very, very frightening. And I'm going to elaborate so that you clearly understand what it's saying. Point five. Offenses will cause you to betray your fellow believers. Your fellow brothers who you fellowship with, who you supposedly supposed to love. Now betray here it doesn't mean like Judas Iscariot and that. Here it means where you protect your own heart, you protect yourself at the expense of another. That's what it means. In other words, you will throw the other person under the bus, even if they are right and you are wrong, because you have this offense in your heart. Who of you know some people like that? Who of you have done that to yourself, where you've protected yourself, and you've even thrown your brother or your sister or a loved one under the bus just to protect yourself and your um, ego and your pride. That is what offense does. Very sad but very true. Point six. Offenses will eventually cause hatred in your heart. That is the downward spiral. You betray your brother or your sister and then you end up hating them because of it. Matthew 24 verse 10 says, And then many will be, con uh, be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Now, what does hate here mean? Anyone? Hatred here means the absence of love. Are you with me? It means the absence of love. Now, let me explain this to you. Sometimes we say, well, I've, you know, I'm offended. I, I don't really, I just don't care much for that person. Who of you say that sometimes? That is the, what you call the absence of love. 
actually that goes down in God's terminology as hatred. If you cannot give yourself in love to someone, there's still hate there. Is this rattling your cage a bit? If you cannot pray for someone, God's richest blessing over their lives, if you better to do that, you know you have bitterness in your heart. If you cannot pray God's richest blessing over someone that has offended you deeply, you must know you're still offended in your heart. Hatred is the absence. Well, I don't hate them, I just don't like them. Don't have time for them. That is the absence of love. Point seven. Offenses cause some to become false prophets. That is the downward spiral of some. Then he says there after that in verse 11, Then many false prophets will arise and deceive many. Now, what are are false prophets according to Scripture and what Jesus taught? Jesus taught many a time that false prophets were sheep in wolves' clothing. Wolves in sheep's clothing. (laughs) At least you're listening. Now, please note it doesn't say in shepherd's clothing. Sometimes you think they're here. No, 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 no. You get them often in small groups that dissociate themselves from the church setting. Hello? And they speak against the church. And they make YouTube videos against the church. God's very institution that he put in place. But they are God's chosen. They are what Jesus said are sheep, uh, are wolves in sheep's clothing. Have you got it? And you see this more and more. I see it on YouTube. I see it more in groups break away from church. Don't want to fellowship with church. Why? Because they are offended with who? The church. They have undealt with issues and they've harbored unforgiveness in their heart. And what happens in their heart? They become bitter and they speak against the church, God's very bride. Are you with me? Do you see it? Do you see the rise of it? It is a growing phenomenon in the world today. It is frightening. I find it a frightening, frightening phenomenon. But I'm comforted in my heart because I know this is just one of the signs of the end of the age. And then I just say, Lord, come. And you know what? You will teach people this, that are offended, and they won't be able to receive it. Because of the offense that is in their heart. They've got this God in front of them, and they won't allow God in. And it's tragic, and it's heartbreaking, but it's still... The truth. They've built the wall and they've put themselves above God. They've put their doctrines and their beliefs above the law of God, His teachings. Amen? Which is very, very sad. So, remember that offenses cause some to become false, false prophets and they start to speak against the very bride of Christ. And you know what a wolf does? Listen to this. A wolf, what do they do? How, do, how does a wolf catch a sheep? How do they hunt? In a pack. And what do they do? They isolate the sheep from the pack. 
They isolate them from the church where there's protection. Oh, now you're starting to see it. And you see more and more people doing this. Behind the back there, oh, don't you want to come to this? Don't go to church. That is wicked. That is what you call a, a wolf in sheep's clothing. What they call a false prophet. Point eight. Offense is a breeding ground for deception. Carries on and says there, then many false prophets will, arri- will rise up and deceive who? Many. The majority. Even if it's 51%. The major- many people will be deceived by this. Why? Because they might have a, a, you know, the church hurt them in this regard or in that and they speak into that hurt and boom, they get a hold of them and they fall into and they hold on to that offense and they cannot let it go. Many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And instead of looking at the whole of scripture, they look at sections and they hone in on that and eventually they fall into the trap and remain in that trap and cannot get offenses of the breeding ground for deception. And we must make sure that we do not allow our hearts to get offended. Do you have the right to get offended? Yes. Do you get offended? Yes. Deal with it quickly and let it go. Do not allow hatred to harbor in your heart or unforgiveness or an offense because eventually the downward spiral is the loss of your salvation. Proverbs 18 verse 1, it says, A man who isolates himself seeks his own desires. He he rages against all wise judgment. A man who isolates himself seeks his own desires, his own agenda. He rages against all wise judgment. Point nine. Offenses cause people to not submit to God and his word. Verse 12, it says there, and because, of law, because, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Now, do we have a lawless society? Is this talking about the society? No. This is not talking about society. This word here, lawless, is anomia. And it is talking about not being willing to submit to the authority of God. And we have more and more of this. They, they are not willing. To, if God says this, they well, maybe, you know, you know, God is loving and kind and gentle. He'll never, you know, he only wants the best for us. And they twist God's word to suit their own belief system. You, you're starting to see that even in churches today. That allow doctrines of demons. They allow belief systems that are completely contrary to the scripture. Do you know what that, that is taking place in churches today? Many mainline churches. And immediately I say that is not a church of Jesus Christ. That is a church of Satan. I don't, I don't have anything to do with that. I cannot and I will not. We are getting more and more rebellious. And this against God, against God and his ways. Now, what happens is, when you have, how do you, offenses start by us having expectations. Now, who has much expectation of people in the world? Do you have a lot of expectation for people in the world? 
Do you? Do you have for people in the world? In, in, in this world, do you, do you expect, do you have high expectations over people in the world? Yes. Eh? Yes. You don't expect much. Do you expect a lot from your wife? Yes. Do you expect a lot from your elder? Yes. And your pastor? Yes. Which one is the most? Who do you expect the most from? Pastor. Your pastor, right? And then your elders and your deacons, isn't it? And you, or your spouse may be above that. And then here, maybe your family members and that. But down there, maybe nothing even with the world. They are not the ones that offend you. The world are not the ones that offend you. It is the one that you have the highest expectation. And I did a slide there. You can go to the next slide. Your past is the one that you have. If he just steps one foot wrong, one little... He didn't even say hello to me. Mm, now I'm offended. <laughs> he didn't come and drink tea with me. <laughs> come on. Come on. I know it's the truth. The highest expectation we place on someone is the very place where we need to be very careful. That's where we are most vulnerable of picking up offenses in our lives. The way you have great expectation, you have the potential of great offense. Who's even above the pastor? Praise God, it's not me, it's God, hey. Who of you are even offended with God? Well, he didn't heal my little pinky toe, and I prayed for it, and I asked him to, to you know, heal my toe, and now, it's, now I'm offended at him. Or he didn't heal my brother that's passed away, or my brother's son who passed away and you pick up a fence you as a child of God do not have that right by the way if you want to have an intimate relationship with God and flow in the spirit you have no right to pick up a fence not with anything or anyone you have a right to pick it up but there's no wisdom in it it can master you but I encourage you to not allow it to master you. Why? Because it's not beneficial to you. Now, there are two different categories of offenses that Christians can fall into. Those that have been genuinely mistreated, and there are many Christians that have been genuinely mistreated, and even by their pastors, I accept that. Okay? But there are some in the church that have been offended, but actually the offense is actually their own doing. I'm not going to talk about those that are misinformed or mis they've been given the wrong information. Some people end up having second-hand offenses because this one got offended by the church. They get offended and leave the church. I'm not even going to deal with them. Okay? I'm going to deal with those that have genuine, had genuine offenses, genuine hurts. And I know there are many of you. Let's have a look at point 10. Offenses will cause the love of many to die out. Jesus carries on, it says there, and because, uh, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow. 
Because people are not willing to submit to God and His teachings and His ways, their love for God will dwindle and become cold. How many Christians do you know whose love for God has dwindled and become cold? Because they've maybe isolated themselves from the pack or from the cold. You eventually die out. It's just a fact of life. The love of many will, not might, will grow cold. Point 11. Offenses can cause us not to be saved. Jesus ended this and he said there, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. Who is he talking about here? Those that have been born again. He says those that do not allow offenses to harbor in their heart and take root and eventually become deceived, but keep forgiving, keep letting go, keep loving, keep serving, keep giving of themselves, keeping part of God and uh, God's body, will eventually receive the reward of salvation. Those who endure to the end will be saved. In other words, those who do not endure till the end will not be saved. That's why Paul says, I run as one. In what way? I run as one, not looking back, looking forward to reach the prize. You don't halfway or just before the finish line stop and think you're going to reach any prize. Do you get a medal if you run the comrades and one meter before you stop? You have to cross the finish line or you will not receive the reward. You will not get the medal and it's the same with God. If you do not endure to the end, you will not be saved. That is what it's saying. Point 12. Offenses are opportunities to learn to forgive. And is this easy? But it's a great opportunity for you to learn to forgive, to let go and to set them free. Luke seventeen three to 4 it says, So watch yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. If he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times comes back to you and says, I repent, what must you do? Who of you have been sinned against or offended by one person seven times in one day? Who has? Seven times in one day. Who has, seven t- who has honestly been a, a sinned against or offended by someone seven times in one day? Ah, you're lying. I don't believe you. Okay, let's say that be the case. Jesus carries on in another parable which we're going to read now. And what does he say that we should forgive someone? Not seven times, but? Seventy-seven times seven. How much is that? Who knows the times tables? Four hundred and? Come on, tell me. Four hundred and ninety, hey? That is three minutes, every three minutes for 24 hours. That means you can't even sleep. He says that's how many times. In other words, you need to just keep forgiving. Now that is easy to say. But in reality, when the pawpaw hits the fan, that's a much more difficult thing, right? But it is a choice. We can choose to take up offense or choose to forgive and let go. 
Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And then he begins to tell the story, as many of us know. And he says, this guy owed billions to the king. And the king, he goes and he begs, please forgive me. I will, I'm going to work as hard as I can and I'm going to eventually pay you. And the king knows he's never going to manage to do this. And the king kindly writes off his whole debt. How awesome is that? Yeah, who would, if you owed mi- billions, not millions, billions, and that was written off, who of you would be incredibly grateful? Right? He's so grateful to thank you, goes out, and then a guy that down the street that owes him a thousand rand, he goes to him and what does he do? He says, pay me back now. And the guy says, please forgive me, be patient, I will pay you. And he doesn't, he doesn't reciprocate the same forgiveness and grace and kindness and mercy that he was shown by the king. And he goes and has that guy thrown in prison. The king comes to hear about this. And what does the king do? He withdraw, withdraws his forgiveness from him. Hello? Hello? He goes and he, he says, you wicked servant. I forgave you much. Yet you are not willing to forgive this guy a little. Then he says, put him where he belongs. Where? Where does he belong? And then he says, and, until he, and he'll be tormented there until such time that he can pay back everything and he'll never be able to. That is the actual moral of the story. Never. In other words, send him to hell. And he will never, ever, ever be able to come out there. Is that not what he's saying? He says the same with you and I. I have forgiven you much. I have forgiven every single one of you much. Billions. How dare you and I hold offense and unforgiveness and harbor bitterness in our hearts against someone that has done you wrong. How dare you? Because that is like a thousand rand in comparison to the billion that you've offended me. And if you want to do that, he said you can he says you can go to hell. You will not have salvation. You will not receive the reward of salvation. You have not endured. And you will reap the just reward of hell. That is what he's saying here. And I find that very, very frightening for much of the church of Jesus Christ that have chosen to harbor fence in their heart and not let it go. So may we never forget that we have been forgiven way more, way more than anyone can offend us. So make sure that we forgive others that have offended us. Point 13, offenses are, are pre- prevented by being strong in the Lord. If you want to make sure that you are not easily offended, you better make sure that your relationship with God is strong. Psalms 119 verse 165 says, Great peace 
have they who love your law, who love the scriptures, who study it, who meditate on it day and night. And nothing can make them scandal on. Nothing can make them stumble. If you do not want to get offended by other people who you loved and you've served and you've given your life for and you've ministered into their lives and you've been there for them in the worst time of life, you better love God and His Word and study it. Spend time with Him. Otherwise, if you don't, when they offend you, you're going to take that offense in your heart and you're going to start building walls and you might end up falling away. But you're not going to because you're not going to do it. Amen? And let me tell you, sometimes this, this is easy to fall into that trap. Sometimes you think, yeah, I've loved this person and everyone else has backstabbed them and you've been there for them through thick and thin, yet they still continue to backstab you. Who of you know exactly what I'm speaking about? Luke 6 verse 27 to 28. But I tell you who hear me, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you. Who of you, uh, sorry, that was point 14. Uh, sorry, I thought saw that. Offenses are destroyed in our lives by praying for those that hurt us. If you want to destroy an offense in your life, if you want to test if you really have forgiven someone, if there's no offense there, you pray for that person. The, you pray God's richest blessing and provision and uh, growth in their, in, in, in their life. If you can do that, you don't have offense. If you cannot do that, you must know you have offense. Amen. You want to get to forgive? Start. And it, it might start, Lord, um, I forgive so-and-so and I, I let them go. And that's all. That's fine. Then the next day you say, Lord, I thank you for this person and I pray that you would just you know, extend their territory. Following day, and then you carry on, and then you start growing it. And so, Lord, bless them today. And eventually, you say, Lord, I love that person, bless them. And you'll see how you set free, and you'll see your, your walk with God will take off. We need to learn to appreciate and utilize other strength instead of being offended by each other's weaknesses. Point 15 Offenses held on to can cause us to go to hell. Matthew 16, verse 14 to 15 says, For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. However, but if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. If God does not forgive your sins, do you think you can go into heaven? You need the blood of Christ that's shed all over you. Otherwise, if He, he doesn't see Jesus' blood, you're in super trouble. Hello? And if you do not have the forgiveness of God, of God the Father through His Son, you are in trouble. You will pay with your own blood. And that means you'll have to go to hell to do that because it will never suffice. Point 16. Offenses were caused even by Jesus. Did you know that even Jesus offended people? Did you know that? Huh? Did you know even you have offended me? 
No, I don't. None of you have ever offended me. You are perfect. <laughs> and me, I've never offended you. Who, isn't that true? I've never offended any of you. Hey? I've offended probably every single one of you. By speaking the truth, I hope only as far as that. But there's many of you I've offended, I'm sure. But you've still chosen to love me. And I honor you for that. And sometimes some of you might have offended me. But if you are mature, you will not allow offense to grab your heart. Even Jesus caused offense. Do you know John the Baptist? Amazing man of God, forerunner of Jesus, goes and he does all these things for Jesus and prepares the way and he says, oh, here is Jesus Christ, the Messiah. He is the man. Yeah? And then, in his greatest hour of need, this is what takes place. They come to him and the disciples come and say, John is saying, won't you come and visit him in He's going to be beheaded. Don't you want to go and bail him out? Jesus says here. Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you have heard and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. And he says, Go and tell them that, him that message. In other words, I'm not your superman today. I'm not coming to, to visit you. And I'm not going to come and pray with you before your head is chopped off. Who of you would be offended? Come on. Yo, well, the pastor didn't come visit me when my child was sick and that, so I'm never going back to that church. Or he didn't come in this and... That is pure immaturity. Sorry. Even Jesus wasn't everything to all men. Even though that must be our desire to try and be all things to all people. But even Jesus couldn't be. And there were times where he said, I'm not going to. Why? Because that was not John's lot for life. John had fulfilled his calling in life. Hello? Could Jesus have gone and taken him out out, out of prison? Could he have? Yes, of course. Could he have ensured that he wasn't beheaded? Yes. Was that his calling? Obviously not. And he didn't do it. And then he says there, Blessed is him who does not become offended because of me. Sure. Point 17. I think that's the last point, by the way, so you can relax. Offenses overlooked will cause tremendous blessing in your life. And in my life. Are you able to overlook an offense? Or being wrongfully or unfairly treated? You will be blessed if you can. Watch this account with Jesus. Matthew fifteen twenty two to 28 says, A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. Jesus did not answer a word. Who of you would be offended if you say, hey, Jesus, or pastor, you know, please, my child is, is demon-possessed, please come. And I ignore you. Would you be offended? Hello? Okay. He does not say a word. So his disciples come to him and urge him. Send her away, 
for she keeps crying out after us. Please, Jesus, come. And Jesus doesn't answer her. Don't you think that's rude? Don't you think you would be offended? He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. Then the woman came and knelt before him. She did not give up. She kneels before him and she says, Lord, help me. She said, he replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, Lord, she said, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Would you have not been offended if he insinuated, well, yeah, I mean, I can't take the bread from the children, toss it to the dogs. Who of you would be offended if, if you were, it was seemed to be insinuated that you're a dog? Would you have been? She does not get offended. Why? Because she's a woman on a mission. And she says, Lord Jesus, you are not hearing me. I beg of you. Watch what happens here now. Then Jesus answered, Woman, you have great faith. You will not let go. You do not allow anything to offend you. What a woman of character and stature you are. That is what he's saying. Because she is, isn't it? Don't you, don't you think she's amazing? Here she's been ignored. No answers coming forth. You know, here he says something while it's not even, you know, I I'm not going to take from the bread and from the children and toss it to the dogs. So she said, but I'll even eat the crumbs that fall. I'm even willing to have that little bit. And then he says, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And his daughter was healed from that very hour. Wow. I find that amazing. That is a woman of character, of stature, of integrity. That is a woman of wisdom because she'd never allowed offense to grab a hold of her heart, as many of us would allow. You see, because offense is a blessing blocker. It blocks the blessing of God from coming. Imagine she had got offended, turned back, gone. What would her, her daughter would be still demon-possessed? But because she would not let go... What had happened? She received the reward, the salvation of her daughter's soul. Luke 7 verse 23. And blessed, Jesus speaking, is anyone who takes no offense at me. And if you have picked up offense in your heart with God, because, well, you know, he... I don't know, for you, maybe he didn't heal your child or... He didn't heal your gran or your grandma or he took your father early or your daughter at a young age or whatever the case may be. Maybe you have offense in your heart and you need to let that go. I don't know. Who of you are offended by God and have harbored that unforgiveness in your heart for years? Who of you here are offended by your pastor because he did something or he didn't do something that you expected him to? Or your parents did something that really offended you and still today you cannot get over that. Or a friend backstabbed you. Or a business colleague. God is wanting you to let this go. 